In regards to my 110 pound weight loss, the mindset shift, I think for me, and I think I've talked to this to quite a few people, it's like, yeah. I think it's just moments in your life where you kind of like, okay, something has to change. Um, for me, there was, there was many moments such as I had to go, uh, I went and bought a nice new jacket from Hugo Boss and it was a 3XL that I had to go and buy and it was really embarrassing. I was also playing football or what you'd call soccer with my um, friends. And I remember literally about half an hour in, I was feeling sick. I was throwing up everywhere. And just little moments like that all just kept adding up and adding up. And then eventually I was like, okay, something has to change now. And it just flipped a switch inside of me. And I made a promise to myself from then on that I'm never going to be that person again. And then just wow. got moving forwards from there. And yeah, here I am today. Bro, I'm so proud of you, man. Yeah, that takes a lot. It takes a lot for someone to recognize. And I tell people, I was like, you need to have a self-reflection. You need to you need to truly look at yourself and ask yourself, like, are you happy? Like, not this lie that you keep telling yourself. Not that, oh, no, I'm happy. Yeah, I, I like the way that I look. No, are you truly happy? Because you you probably made yourself think like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm happy. I, I, can, I can do this. But like internally? Yeah, you, 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 you cover up. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, did you see this when you, um, during your childhood, mm -hmm. you were you fed like just a lot of processed foods, didn't really care about what you ate? No, I'd say um, when I was growing up, food yeah. was, food was never processed food. Food was always homemade, but portion sizes were massive. Yeah. And on top of that, there wasn't any sort of like, so for me, so I, I'm half um, Pakistani and I'm half Welsh and growing yeah. up, it was a lot of carby foods as well. So a lot of just calorie dense meals that I was just con continue, continuously eating that tiled on top of food was seen as celebration. So yes. every, t every time something went well, for example, maybe I passed an exam, maybe I, um, done well in school or maybe I've just joined a sports team and I maybe scored a goal for example it'd be celebrated by us all going out for a meal yeah and it I think that on top of you know lack of exercise when I wasn't in a education environment then just caused me to balloon up to my heaviest then mm -hmm. so now you don't you don't look at food as a celebration you look at food as fuel yeah, I think that's one of the biggest changes I've made. Food is fuel. I think there is still a level of de a degree of okay, you can still go and enjoy food. For me, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, once once a week is bare minimum that I go out and take myself out for a meal. Um, yeah. for for people that can look like date nights and things, I think that's important. But it's not always that, you know. And this is something I see a lot, even with the lads that I coach. <clears throat> Previously, they'll they'll do something well. Like for example, maybe they'll get a promotion and work or maybe they'll have a good day. And the thing, they think, let's celebrate this good day with sweets with, let's celebrate this good day with ordinary takeaway. And it's, you're in that constant using food as like a celebration. And then it's just downhill normally from there. Yes. Dude, 100%, 100%. Well, dude, let me just say, I'm super proud of you. I know that, uh, mm -hmm. I know that's super hard to do. And, uh, what you're doing is is definitely commendable and, and and honorable. I appreciate that very much. Um, thank you. Yeah, Clint. So first, let's actually introduce who you are. Who you are. Um, yes, sir. If you want to just give us a quick little run through 
little, you know, quick three points on who you are, you know, why it is that you are on here today? Yeah, 100%. What's going on, guys? My name is Clint Riggin. I am the founder of Limitless Coaching. This was an online fitness coaching platform that I founded in 2021. Uh, we did hormone replacement therapy, blood work consultations nationwide, meal preps, and supplements delivered to all of our clients. And I lost it all. And uh, we're going to get deep into that. Fitness has always been part of my life. I competed in three different bodybuilding competitions. I won the Charmer Classic in 2017. The reason I wanted to bring in hormone replacement um, blood work consultations nationwide is because four months after that, my thyroid actually stopped working. And when my thyroid stopped working, I gained 45 pounds. I went suicidal and I lost my identity. I put a gun in my head and almost killed myself. So I really wanted people to understand how much their blood work matters because you need to have an internal look at your body to have an external result. And a lot of fitness coaches out there, they kind of just give you a meal plan and they give you a fitness plan and they tell you to do this and you follow this cookie cutter. And it's, it's not going to work for you. I'm sorry. Like it might work for a, a little while, but then your body's going to adapt or hormones are not optimized. So there's a lot of different things that I put into play and uh, we were very successful, but I lost my purpose. I lost my passion. And I also, I believe eight, working 18 hour days for a whole year straight, managing a hundred clients at one time, you can't do that. You got to hire a team. And I was so focused on just building that, you know, it was the, I was able to do something good and transform a lot of lives, but also it was one of the biggest wake up calls for me about experiencing life. And we can, we can dive deep into that. I, th I think that's a good point now and it's something that a lot of people don't realize is that you've got to make these mistakes and enable for you to grow and to get better you know for example yeah you are running a really successful business and then you know everything went downhill when obviously you started struggling with your depression and things like that but it's all lessons to be learned from and I think that is what we'd call like the growth mindset you know being able yeah. to look look at these things in a way of Oh, it's not the end of the world. I can learn from this and I can make sure that next time I get better. And I find a lot of people who are in a situation that they aren't happy with, don't have, they have that fixed mindset. And I think one of the biggest things is, is just the positive talk and the positive talk, the change of language around yourself as well as huge. But I wanted to go into one thing. So firstly, you're a, um, you're a physique competitor. Correct. Yeah. So classic physique. What was that experience like? Man, I'll tell you what, anybody who competes, you know that that's one of the most selfish sports you ever do. And the reason I say that is because you have to dial in your cardio. You have to follow a macro plan. You have to hit your workouts. You have to, there, there's nothing more that matters except you stepping on stage and winning. Like that's truly your goal in the next 16 weeks is you will do whatever it takes. So that means like celebrations, going out to dinner with friends, whatever that looks like, that's all pushed away. Your coach will tell you that too. Your coach will be like, listen, the next 16 weeks, you are to dial in and everything that you eat and every small micro decision that you make is going to affect how you, how you go on stage. And for me at that time, like it was amazing, dude, accomplishing that goal, winning, like it was, it was incredible. I was on top of the world, but will I ever do it again? I, I don't think so. Just because mentally, for now, especially if you want to compete and you want to win, you need to be put on a lot of gear. 
You need to be put on a lot of steroids to step on stage with some of these big dudes. Just It's just simple as that. These guys compete for a lot of money and these guys do it for their life. This is their mm-hmm. job, right? So like, if you think you're going to step on stage and you're going to win against these guys who, that's like saying you're day one to somebody's day 10,000. Yeah. Like. I, I do think, I do think with that, a lot of people do it and maybe even yourself, I don't know whether you had it obviously in your world competitive to go in to win, but it's also just, I think, just to prove to yourself how disciplined you can be to get to reach that stage. I oh, think sure. um, it shows a lot about you if you can actually get ready for a prep. I don't think many people have that in them. Um, yeah. I know myself, I would struggle. Me, get, me getting ready for my photo shoot was tough. Um, I, I, was, I was mentioning to one of my clients the other day, for me, you know, it was... So I'm six foot three. I was on 1700 calories. I was training four times a week. I was doing three runs a week. I was doing an extra 90 minutes of cardio, um, extra, um, in the gym. It just felt, it felt like I had nothing left to give. And I, and at that time I was thinking, this is what probably a, a physique competitor probably feels like, um, this amount of activity, this amount of movement, this amount of, uh, low amount of food. But it yeah. teaches you a lot. I felt like I've never been, it felt like I was in the trenches, but it felt really good um, to be there and to experience that as well. Yeah, it probably so, taught you a lot, a lot of discipline in your life. Yeah, 100%. Right? That's one of the biggest things you'll learn. In regards to, obviously, you know, four months later, your thyroid went under active. Yeah. And you gained 45 pounds. What, what was the, you know, that was probably the, one of the darkest moments of your life. Yeah. How did it feel during that time? So for me, um, what happened was that I was in the best shape of my life, right? I just stepped off stage. I was extremely shredded. I was, I was just like, man, this feels, this feels amazing. Well, then as I slowly, I I didn't realize it until I slowly started to look at myself in the mirror every single day. And I was like, wow, I'm getting really puffy. Wow. I'm, I'm starting to gain a lot of weight. Wow. I, I'm sleeping for 18 hours a day and I'm still tired. And then I would go to the doctors and the doctors would tell me that my blood work was fine and that it was normal. So I wouldn't put, get put on medication until actually four and a half months later. And then if you don't anything about the thyroid, the thyroid, you have to be put on Synthroid or Armor for six weeks before you can get normalized blood work again. So for six weeks, I'm just thinking in my head, am I, is this going to work? Am I ever going to be normal again? Am I ever going to be able to eat again? Like you just have these horrible thoughts that go in your mind because that's all you can think about. Like doctors are there to help you, but all they do is look at normal ranges of blood work. And it was all, I like, if you saw me, you would be like, Clint, you definitely got something wrong with your hormones. Yeah. If you can tell when somebody's bloated, when somebody's holding water, when somebody's, you know, in their skin, like my skin would not prepare, repair itself mm-hmm. because I couldn't sweat. I lived in Hawaii. Yeah, well, I, dude, I would get burnt and I would stay burnt. It was, it was, it was, in, it was absolutely insane. And when I look back at it now, um, it's the reason that I went and got something to numb the pain, which is cocaine. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing drugs and I didn't realize it at the time, but I had an addictive personality. because so my dad was a drug and alcohol counselor for 24 years. And then he was also an alcoholic for 20. So mm-hmm. it was in my bloodline. Right. And that, that took my, that took over my life for three years. Yeah. That, so it, it, you were in a 
downward spiral anyway and then you find that level of escapism through your drugs through your cocaine hey guys just a quick intermission i hope that you are loving the podcast so far just to let you know that i have a brand new program coming out next week this is run lift and shift 50 plus pounds this is meant for big lads who want to get into running who want to get into lifting and who want to shed a hell of a lot of fat if this is something that you think you'd be interested in just drop me a message on Instagram at CoachJill underscore with the word thrive and I'll get back to you with all the information. On top of that, if you have enjoyed this podcast so far, make sure to rate it five stars and also make sure to share it as well. Thank you. During that time, did obviously you do when you were doing cocaine for I think it's around about like you said about three years that you were doing it for. Did you realize how awful your life was at that time? Oh no, no, my life was great, dude. As long as I had a, as long as I had a bag of cocaine and an eight ball with me, and I had people that were doing it with me, and I was going to parties and I was going hanging out with people, and I was like enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. I had a job and I was doing private security for the president, traveling around for eight different months to twenty six different states, and I would make really good money. And guess what I would do? I'd come back and I spend it all on drugs. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew it at that at that time. I couldn't mm-hmm. tell them. Cause I was still in good shape. I would still go to the gym five days a week, right? Mm-hmm. I would go to gym five days a week. Friday would be the day that I started partying Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 72 hour benders, 72 hours. I would go, I would party my life away. And then from there, Monday, go back to the gym. What do you think the turning point was in all of that? Because I think there's, there's a lot of people and I noticed this because I I was the same between the ages of probably around about 18 to about 22 um, yeah. every weekend, even though I was at that point, I'd lost a lot of my weight and was felt more confident than ever. I would still go out and I was still doing all sorts of drugs. I was partying, as you said, I would be going Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, um, every single weekend, spending all the money I had. And for me at that time, I didn't feel like I, there was anything wrong with me either. I felt this is great. I was like, this is amazing. This is how life should be. And it wasn't until later that I was like, oh my God, what was I doing? But I, I think a lot of people take value from, okay, well, what was the actual turning point in it all? You know, I got back at, at 5 a.m. one morning and I looked myself in the mirror and I asked myself, I said, I said, Clint, what are you doing with your life? Mm-hmm. As I'm profusely sweating, probably high, super, super high. I lived uh, lived in Pacific Beach where there was a couch and there was all I had was a mattress on the ground. Right. I would bring I would bring women back to this mattress thinking I was like the king. Yeah. <laughs> I would wonder why these women would never talk to me again. i just slept on a mattress with one sheet and a pillow i'm never (laughs) talking to this dude again yeah so it wasn't even then where i I looked at myself i knew i had to make a change but i met somebody doing molly for three days that i thought was the love of my life Mm -hmm. and then i moved to orlando florida this is when the change started when i wanted to start this fitness company i knew that a change has to be made in front and in me right? Nobody's going to trust you. Nobody's going to understand you. If you are going out and partying every single weekend, and then you're preaching about fitness, people do it. Don't get me wrong. San Diego is filled with fitness influencers that just party their ass off and just go and then preach fitness. It's just like Christians. 
they go and preach about Christianity and they go to church on Sundays and then they go do a whole bunch of drugs. Like it's a, it's the same thing. You're always going to have those people. Yeah. But there was a turning point there where something happened. I got kicked out of her apartment. I slept on a couch for six months and I had to make a decision in my life. I said, do I want to be on a couch or do I want to make something in my life? So I joined Apex Entourage, which is a, a it's a group of, it was about 2,500 entrepreneurs at that time. and just spent my last $2,500. And I created Limitless Coaching. I woke up at every single day at 4 a.m. with a goal to be able to help people. And as, as I started to post content, as I started to post my workouts, as I started to show people the change in my life, but it was one of the hardest things because you had all these people that saw me with, that did drugs for three years, yeah. right? Like who's going to believe me that I'm a fitness coach now? Yeah. So it took, it took a while to build that credibility, but me being persistent and consistent every single day being like, okay, okay, Clint, he showed up again. Oh, he showed up another day. He showed up another day. And then a year later, he kept showing up. And when I kept showing up, and I think this is what people need to understand is you have to be consistent every single day with your content, with your posts, with your stories, with talking about your food, talking about whatever, whatever industry you're in, you need to show people your lifestyle. You don't know this, but more people love to watch your life than they like to be involved in their own. It's, it's, <laughs> the, it's, the, it's the reason why like reality TV shows are so popular. Yes, dude. Like you love to see what other people are doing and that's okay. But the reason that you're not where you want to be in life is because you're so worried about what other people's lives are. Mm -hmm. And when I really started to focus on me, I put, dude, I put my head down. I said, I'm going to time block my day. I'm going to know exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to know what exactly what I'm working out. You're not going to get on my calendar unless I'm going to provide value to you of some sort. And you're going to give me value as well. So now yeah. I'm very, time blocked. now I'm like, I, I know exactly what's going to go on in my day. I know exactly. So this podcast is an hour, then I have five minutes and I have my next meeting. So everything is very structured, but it took so much time to get that dialed in. You, it will not happen overnight. I think in, in regards to things like that, even, you know, one of the biggest things I say to my clients, I say structure is fair number one. So for mm. example, I, I tell them, go, make Google Calendar your best friend. Yes. Because... One of the things that a lot of people don't do is say, if you structure your time, say, for example, you know exactly this podcast is between this time and this time, you've got a meeting after, straight after, you have that written down. There's no time for you to be messing about. There's no time for you not to be doing what you sh shouldn't be doing. And for me, this even goes down to, I schedule in my downtime. What time yeah. am I going to be able to go relax? And instead what happens if you don't do that is then you've written that you've say you've got nothing written down you end up overwhelmed overthinking maybe you're meant to go to the gym though no, that didn't happen you've left that a few hours and it's with everything and then you're just procrastinating spending time and you know I actually watched a video yesterday of Jordan Peterson and he was mentioning about how much time people are actually wasting and you know, the average person is wasting between seven to 10 hours a day. And he said, okay, well, he, 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 he said, how much would that equate to? And he worked it out. It'd be, for example, if your time was worth like $50 an hour, you'd be earning an extra like 250,000 pound if you weren't wasting that time. And when you, when, when you, 
literally and just get, get a task a little task on your phone is to go on your phone swipe down and type in screen time and see how much time you're wasting on your phone yeah. um a lot of people would be shocked if it's anything above like four hours it's time to just get that in you know get that in check and to do that i think because a lot of people do struggle one thing i did um was i actually I took a day away from my phone just to yeah. test if I was addicted to my phone. And as oh, soon yeah. as I left my phone, I could feel my chest go. And I was like, oh, I need to go grab that. I need to go on that. <laughs> and I just went, I just went cold turkey and was like, okay, I'm leaving it. And a couple of things that I implemented was, okay, all my notifications are off on my phone. Um, yeah. o- only chance for anyone to contact me is by calling me. Um, mm. If the second point, sorry, is... Um, no more phone in my bedroom. That is gone. The, here's my office. My phone sits here. I sleep without my phone. Therefore, don't have to go on it while I'm in bed. And then on top of that, I think the big one is even setting like, so, you know, for us, probably a lot of our business is done on our phone. Um, On Instagram, on social media apps, it can pop up and tell you like, okay, you've spent 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And it's just that little bit of a check to be like, okay, actually, I need to put this away. Um, I, I think what you mentioned there is we're, was huge and just in regards as I said, to, to technology, to addiction, I said a lot of us are unaware. During that time with the cocaine, you were probably well unaware that you were addicted. You were like, oh, no, I'm, I can come off at any time. No. Well, like, I would have friends that come to me and be like, I'm, we're a little worried about you, man. I, I, I'd be like, no, I'm fine, man. What do you mean? I'm in the yeah. gym. I'm going to the gym yeah. during the week. I'm good. Yeah, but you're partying three days a week. But yeah, I, I still have a job. And it's fine, right? Like, I'm, I'm going to do great. It wasn't until one person said, Clint, where are you going to be in the next five years? Yeah. When somebody said, where are you going to be in the next five years? I was like, if I continue down this road, I'm not going to be anywhere. It's it's asking yourself, because the thing is, is that this happens to us. But when, we tr- when you try and tell someone who's going through that situation to be like, okay, you need to get help. You need to sort something out. It's difficult for them to associate with that. So as you just said, then I think a question that like a deep question to where you actually start thinking about your life and where you want to be, I think really is that sort can be that sort of like accelerator to you actually making a change. Um, something I picked up on there was I think your purpose changed. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, man, my purpose was my purpose was to be the life of the party. Mm hmm. Right. That was my purpose. I was like, I'm going to go to this place. Everybody knows me. I'm going to have an amazing time. We're going to, we're going to do a bunch of drugs. We're going to talk about things that we're never going to do in life. And we're just going to pass around a plate till 5am and it happens every time. You're going to, you're going to do so many drugs that you can't even, you can't even get your dick hard. So you can't even have sex. So it doesn't even matter. You can't even bring a girl home. Like, so everything that we were doing was just not conducive to anything in life. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I had an addiction when I realized that every time I had a drink, I had to do a line. It wasn't just, I can go have some drinks. It was like, here's, here's some cocaine. And when I knew that I knew I had to cut out drinking completely. And I had to, if I could do that, that was the trigger for me to do drugs. And once I cut out drinking, I cut out the drugs. And when I did that, I was so mentally clear and focused and I haven't drank. I haven't even, I can't even tell you, like it's been 
it's been a long time. You know, on this road trip, I went on a road trip across the U.S. for 153 days, but I did drink in Vegas. I was there for 12 days. That was the last time that I truly partied, the last time I really let everything out. And I still didn't know my purpose then, mm. right? Like I was going to build Limitless 2.0. I was going to bring back the fitness coaching. I was going to get my partnerships back. I was going to do all these things. But you got to understand, when you hit 14 months of depression, I pushed away everything in my life. My family, my friends, my relationships, my business partners, everybody. I didn't talk to anyone because mm. I was so ashamed of myself. I was visiting my sister in St. Louis, and she came to me, Clint, and she said, uh, Clint, you're working 18-hour days again. If you continue with Limitless 2.0, you're going to you're going to fail. Yeah. And again, she asked me that question. She said, "Do you want to do this?" Like you have to ask the questions to the people to make them think. Mm-hmm. You can't tell somebody to change because a change has to come from within. If you understood that, and I think you understand that as well, because a change had to come from within you to make that 110 pound loss. Mm-hmm. Everybody who told you to do something you wouldn't do it. But once you made that self-reflection, you made the change yourself. So I think a lot of people have to understand if you want to make a change, you really have to ask those questions to yourself. Yeah. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And what are the steps you're going to do to, to get there? Yeah. One, one million percent. You know, I was, at, I was at a business event this weekend. Um, yeah. And one question that hit home with me was even, if, um, they mentioned, okay, if you had a son and your son was living the life that you are living right now, mm. would you be happy? What would you say to him? And mm. I think that then makes you look okay. Are you happy with, you, you You know, is your son in shape? Obviously, if you have a son, you want him to look good, feel good. You want him to be performing well. You know, is he doing what he wants to do in business-wise? Is he doing, you know, how is he um, How is he in relationships? How is he with his, with his family? How is he with his partner, his children? You want them, you want your son to be the best in all them areas. But if you're not treating yourself in that same thought process, well, then your son's never going to end up like what you want. And I think that's a deep question. And the questions that you mentioned were are the questions that you should be asking yourself. Just take a little journal. When you, if you listen to this podcast, you're if you listen to this podcast, you're already a step further than where you were before. It's now okay, sit down, have a journal, grab a notebook, write down the answers to those questions. Because that's just going to help you start to realize, okay, what then has to be done? What are the action steps? Then you get moving forwards from there. Yeah, it's all about taking small steps forward. So what I had to realize that I couldn't jump into something right away when I was going through depression. Mm-hmm. I had to celebrate the small wins. You see, it was so hard for me to get up and take a shower and look at myself in the mirror. Yeah. That was hard for me to do. So the fact that I could just get out of bed and even go to the bathroom to shower that was a win for me. If I could put my shoes on, that was a win. If I could step out the door, that was another win. And what happens is you realize that you start to compound yourself into these wins every day. And that Mm -hmm. compound habit is going to create the confidence within yourself because you took the promises that you made that said you were going to do these things. And then you completed them. And when you fulfill promises to yourself, you build the confidence. And a lot of things, a lot of people don't have confidence because they don't fulfill the promises to themselves. That is they how confident they can't stick to their own word. Yeah. Yeah. New Year's resolutions. You know, 9% of people complete their New Year's resolutions yeah. by week yeah. one, 44% of people have already failed. It's mental. Like it's it blows my mind, but you you stick to a date to make a change in your life. 
when you can just make a change today. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, it takes a lot of time to understand that. And you have to go through darkness. You have to go through trials and tribulations in your life. You have to learn from your failures. 100%. It's be it's understanding you should be okay with failure. Yeah. Because every failure you go through is you now knowing more towards success. Yeah, man. When I, when I found a Nexus, like I've never ran events in my life. Yeah. All I knew is that I wanted to create and foster relationships and build community. And I love working out and I love wellness and I love what it does to people's life. And I want to bring people together. So what I did was I just went to ChatGPT. I said, write up a business plan. Okay, awesome. What are my next steps? Like use AI to your advantage, because I promise you, if you don't know AI now, AI is going to know you very soon. Mm-hmm. Like AI is taking over the world. Yeah. And if you aren't on track with how the world's changing, dude, you're going to be left behind. I, I, I just, I promise you that. I think in general, this the thing is, is that if you want to change your life, there's a million things out there that you can find that will put you on that right path. Yeah. You know, you, if, for example, you wanted to get in shape and you had the motivation to go and do so, go click it, go on AI, type in, build me a workout plan, build me a diet plan. It, everything is there. All the information is there. It's just the actual implementation of that information. You can put, if, you can put, I weigh 200 pounds. I work out three days a week and I want to lose 20 pounds in the next 12 weeks. Yeah. It'll give you the exact plan yeah. to follow. It, it literally gives you every single bit of information you need to know. And yeah. but but the the bridging point, as you said, is, is that implementation of that information. And a lot of people find that the most difficult part. So the actual doing of it. So you have a belief, right? The belief is mm-hmm. at the top. Okay. Mm-hmm. The belief is where you either believe in yourself or you have a story in your in your head that you tell yourself every day that you can't do something. Mm-hmm. Well, that belief then creates an action in your life. And that action creates a result. What we mm-hmm. find is that you don't believe in yourself. So you create no action, which creates no result, which you're in the same belief cycle every single day. So until you change the story in your head that you can do something in the childhood trauma that you've been through or the, the the social media comments that you're getting or the things that truly don't matter because these people don't know you at all and understand that that's a projection within somebody else that they are saying because that's how they feel. That's what happens when our thoughts become messages, which creates the habits, which creates the character within us that we project onto others because that was me when I was going through depression. Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, why are all these people motivated all the time? Why are all these people just so happy? And I couldn't understand it, but I started to understand it once I started to experience happiness. And I was on a podcast the other day and this is what the person told me. They said, Clint, as you're riding this wave and you're on a boat, And as you're on a boat and you're going through these waves, understand that sometimes you got to shine the flashlight to find people. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you can't shine that flashlight in their eyes. You just have to show them the light. Mm -hmm. Because if you show them the light by being the light, meaning if you show them by being the example, there is no other way than for them to just follow in your footsteps or to maybe ask for help or ask for guidance instead Mm -hmm. of being like, need to change you need to make this decision you need to do that just be the example every day 
I love that. That just makes complete sense. And it's something I, I say, I think as men, especially as I, I only, I only train men, I say to you that yeah. you can become that, you can become that leading light for you and you're not just you, but for your family, because it's, it's something I consistently see again and again, as you probably noticed in yourself, you know, you getting in shape, what positive effect did that have on others around you? Were they all of a sudden wanting to get in shape? Um, I was, I always remember I've got a picture on Instagram and I went out for a, to an engagement party for one of my best friends on the table itself. Eight of them were my clients. And that just showed me, I remember coming home and I looked at that picture and I was just felt a, a big sense of pride that I was able to, me getting in shape, allowed all of these to actually get, be inspired to make a change themselves. And I don't think we, I think we underestimate the actual ability we all have just as individuals of what we can do to other people's lives. Um, just by a bit a of hard work. Change, a transformational change within yourself is going to change somebody else, yeah. no matter how you look at it, right? If you get in really great shape, there's they're, they're then probably going to ask you some questions like, man, what did you do? I would love to know, like, what, maybe some of your secret sauce. And you can tell people everything. Like, I saw a podcast with uh, uh, Jeff Fenster yesterday, and he said, I'll tell you something once. But if you come back to me and I tell you the same thing over and over again, then I can't help you. Because me implementing something in your life isn't going to happen. Me telling you what you need to implement can happen, but you need to take the action. And that is the number one thing people that do not do in their life is take action because they're scared. Mm -hmm. They're scared of imperfect action. They're scared that if they do take action, they're going to fail. Scared of looking but, stupid. But, but you're failing, not taking action regardless. You mm -hmm. know, so... If you just take that next step, even though you are scared and you're worried and you're like, I don't know if I can do this, well, you're not going to be a step ahead if you don't take action regardless. Being criticized by someone who is in a position that you do not want to be in is a sign that you are doing the right thing. So if you're afraid, and it's crazy, I, I actually mentioned this yesterday to one of my clients. I had a client many years ago yeah. and they had lost around about uh, three stone, which is like what, nearly 40 odd pounds, something. Yeah. And they got them in incredible shape. They were smashing it in the gym, lifting the heaviest weights they've ever lifted. Everything was going well. However, this person's environment was not treating them well. Mm -hmm. They would go to work and say, for example, this person would have like oats with like chocolate in, say, for example, of, of a morning, the person, someone would go, how are you having chocolate on a diet? Just an instant <laughs> little bit, instant bits of negativity straight in. Then they, after this person lost weight, they were like, well, why are you still going to a coach? Why do you still need a coach? And, but then you, you look, look at these people around her, around her at the time. And you think, oh, well, why would she even listen to anyone that is saying these things to her? because they were out of shape. They weren't looking after themselves. Were they living a life that she wanted to be living? No. However, she ended up succumbing to the pressure of the people around her and she ended up quitting coaching. Oh. And as and this was me also telling her at the time, I was like, this is exactly what's happening to you, but she just couldn't find it. It was just too many people around her, even close family members were mentioning all these things all the time. 
And I hate it now to this day. I look, I still have it on like Facebook and things. And I look at her pictures and I think to myself, she doesn't train anymore. You know, basically back to square one. And I think to myself, just what pressures of other people around you, you know, the difference it makes is just crazy. And the environment you choose to be in makes a hell of a difference. Because that person put in a hell of a lot of work to get in the best shape of their life just for it to be ruined by other people making remarks. And yeah. I, I think you've got to you've got to understand that people are going to criticize you, but that's a good thing. Yeah, if you're if people are calling you crazy, you're on the right track. Yeah. You're if people are saying like, "What are you doing?" You're on the right track 100%. because you're making a change in your life that that person wants to make in their life, but they're too scared to take that next step, mm-hmm. and they're going to criticize you because that's how they want to project themselves. Because if they feel if they criticize you, then they're going to feel better about themselves. Right. The criticism you need to push away. The criticism mm. you need to say, hey, listen, I'm on track to do this. If you don't support me, I still support you in anything you want. Right. Always love first. Always lead with love, never mm. with hate. Because all you're going to do is have resentment. Mm-hmm. So if you lead with love and you say, hey, I know you don't support me. I completely understand that. And I had to do this, you know, in my family, you know, I had some people that just didn't didn't support me. I'm not gonna say any names. I said, listen, I love you. I still love you the same, regardless. And I'm gonna continue doing what I'm doing. I'm gonna continue to change the world. I'm gonna continue to make the impact that I do. And if you decide that, you know, we wanna put this behind us, I'm still here for you and I still love you. Yeah. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharp is iron. Mm-hmm. I lead, I read the morning devotional at 3 a.m. every single morning. I, I stream it out to Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And the reason I read that is because it has leadership principles in there that will change your life. Mm-hmm. A lot of your peak performance coaches, a lot of the people you see on stages, a lot of the people that you see preach every day and you hear the things on their podcast, it's from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Got it from the Bible. Yeah. But Iron Sharp as Iron talks about your environment. Like your environment matters more than anything because like you said she was doing great she lost the 40 pounds she was incredible shape she had a great mindset and then one person told her something and it completely flipped gears she stopped coaching and then she gained the 40 pounds back and all you can do is just look from the sidelines and hope that maybe she finds her way again because you've already done your job 100 percent and it's right, iron does sharpen iron. I think there's a lot of things you can take from the Bible, from I'm really into stoicism. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the quotes, you know, around leadership, around, you know, becoming the person you want to be. Said so some of them do blow your mind when you have a little bit of a deeper think about it. Um and I'd recommend it to anyone that whether it be something I think you know, religion or anything like, for example, like any sort of ideology, sort of like the stoicism thing. I think a lot of people do lack that nowadays. And I feel like I feel like people could really use that because it, it's kind of like an outline to life. It's, 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 it's a guide. Mark Carroll, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but Mark Driscoll, I'm sorry. If you follow him on Instagram, he's a really mm-hmm. big preacher. He said that people worship something, mm-hmm. right? You either worship God or you worship the universe or you worship something bigger than you or you worship someone right so a lot of what we worship nowadays as our teenagers and as our gen z's is like the celebrity we worship that person 
We want to be like that person. That's great. But what is that doing for you? Mm -hmm. Why don't we worship something that's much bigger than us that's going to lead us? And I tell people that I do not want to push my faith onto people. I want to show people what God has done in my life mm -hmm. and be a light. That's what I think you're, you're completely right in regards to, and you can't push things upon others, but just to know that, as you said, when you compare it, okay, what would you rather follow? Yeah. You know, would you rather follow a Kim Kardashian or, yeah. you know, or would you rather follow the, the rock on Instagram? Yeah. You know, it's more important to, and it's about becoming the best version of yourself and you wouldn't want to compare to other people anyway, but having a sort of ideology around it to be like, okay, this is kind of the guidelines of my life that I want to be to become the best version of me. That's what you should be following. One of the biggest things too is like, I'm sure you see this is like when people come into your program, mm -hmm. they're making a switch in their life. They're making a huge change. Mm -hmm. So you have to go in there knowing that you need to make small incremental changes. You cannot mm -hmm. go full on into something. You and I can handle that, right? We've done it. If we want to do something and we're starting a new project, we're going to go all in. If I want to mm -hmm. learn how to do AI and prompt engineering, dude, I'll take a whole week and I'll learn about it because that is our type of, of learning. That's what we like to do. But somebody making that change from comfortable to uncomfortable, oh no, you! I, I learned that quick. I was like, oh, just follow this fitness program, get your blood work done, go to this place, and then we're going to do this doctor. And then they're like, dude, I got all these things going on. What, what, what does this mean? Like, I got work, I got kids, I got... And then I had to realize like, okay, Clint, you need to understand that not everybody's at your level. Mm -hmm. So break this down so it's at that their level. And you need to make you, it as simple as possible. Yeah. You, if you can adapt to your client and your client feels like you've adapted to them and you're not just using the program like you did, oh, it'll change everything. I, I think that, that, that's a big difference. I think that's what, you know, when I very first started out doing this, I saw a lot of people around me overcomplicating so much when it can just be very, very simple. And the fact, end of the day is, is that when you come from a situation to where you, as you said, you've been comfortable and now you're leaving your comfort zone, you don't want your comfort zone to be World War II. You, you know, you want your comfort zone to be a little tiny step away from where you were. Yeah. So you, you can take that step and it doesn't feel dramatic. And then all of a sudden, then you can keep building on that. And then I said, you ended up in a situation like where we are today to where you can go all in on anything that you want to do. For example, this year I took up, uh, sorry, this year, last year I took up running. Yeah. Real, realistically for the first time. And I was able to go all in this year. I've got a half marathon booked end of year. I've got my first marathon. Let's so, go. so, but I, we can go, we said we can go all in on that because we've shown that we can adapt quickly. We can, we have built these phases or we've gone through these phases in our life that shows that we can do these things. The evidence is there so that we can do it. But for many people starting right now, especially 2024, a lot of people will be wanting to make a change. They can't expect to go in at the deep end. Nope. Um, and that's just going to be a recipe for disaster, sadly. You're not going to be able to swim. You're going to sink. No, You're no sink chance. 100%. Um, start, with, start with your, uh, start with your uh, what's it called? When you put your, uh, your floating hey, armbands. Yeah, your armbands. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. 100%. No, and, and that, but that's, that's how it should be. And I've made a podcast quite recently about the all or nothing mindset. And yeah. 
it's people thinking that they have to go 100% from the get-go. But literally, if you spend a year taking step by step, one step forward every day, you in two years' time, you'll be grateful that you did that. Yeah, so a lot of, I, I just want to say this, a lot of people, they, they follow a lot of different people, right? Millionaire morning yeah. routines, you got a cold plunge, mm. you got a sauna, you got to do, you got to do this, you got to, you got to go and there's this crazy thing I saw, dude, where you like, you, you open your legs to the sun for 30 minutes. Sun energy into your, your, your asshole. And then it gives you, the energy. <laughs> you do not need to yeah. do all of these things, right? You simply need to wake up. I say this five second rule, five, four, three, two, one. I got this from Mel Robbins. Yeah. You put your feet on the ground, you get up, you stop laying in bed and you start your day. If that's your morning routines, brushing your teeth or, or, or washing your face or whatever that looks like for you, you need to do something that works for you. Yeah. When what your morning, your morning, right? My morning's totally different. I run three companies. Like I got a lot of stuff that I got to do. If you work a nine to five, don't worry about all the things that I do. Maybe you can take one little thing, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you can take, and, and I'll give, I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys a tip of what I do. And maybe you guys can take one of these things mm -hmm. and it might be able to help you. Right? So the five pillars are faith, family, fitness, focus, and finance In faith. I give thanks and I give praise. This would like be like you giving gratitude and gratefulness for the, for you waking up today. And I do that because 151,200 people do not wake up tomorrow. It is already verified that 105 people die every single minute in this world. There's 1,440 minutes in a day. So you woke up today, so be grateful for that. Then I give thanks and praise to what God has given me in this earth. Then I meditate for 10 minutes. I sit with myself, and I feel how my body's feeling. Do I have any aches? Do I have any pains? How do I feel? And then from there, I'm going to journal. All the thoughts that I have, I put on a paper. So I open my mind with positivity in the day not negative thoughts. Now, family, I reach out to five people every single day. I say, hey, name, I don't want anything from you. I just want to say, I want to see you succeed in 2024. Reach out to me anytime, I'm here for you. That's it. And I reach out to a family member, usually my mom, my dad, one of my sisters. Tell them, hey, I love you. Hope you have an amazing day. And then I'm always here for you. Now, when it comes to fitness, us, this is easy. 45 minute workout, done and dusted, yoga, Pilates, whatever that is for you. You like to go for a 45-minute walk. Whatever you like to do, just get it done. And then follow a nutrition plan. Know what you're putting in your body. Stay away from processed foods. If you knew what was in these processed foods and you saw what this is doing the inside of your body, then you would think 20 times differently about what you're putting in. But you don't see that. All you see is the low-fat, oh, this is high protein. All you see is the label that's marketed out there that shows that, oh, this is really good for me. That's not how it works. Marketing and labels do that so you buy more. Now, focus, time block your day, have a schedule. Like, are you following a schedule? And you said the easiest thing you can do is download Google Calendar. Download Google Calendar, put, this is the time I wake up. This is the time I meditate. This is the time I journal. This is the time I have work. This is the time I go to gym. And make sure that you block your day out. This is the time I want to go hang out with my friend. This is the time I walk my dog. Like that way, you know exactly what's going on. Because like you said, you can look at somebody's calendar, right? Seven to 10 hours. That's what Jordan Peterson said. Yeah. Yeah. When, when my clients come to work with me, the first thing I do is I have them fill out a, a, literally a schedule from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed. And we usually see there's four to five hours of them doing nothing that's serving mm -hmm. their time. And you yeah. put that into perspective, five times five is 25. We're just going to do the weekdays. Then that's 100 hours a month. 
Yeah. Now, let's just say that's four days a month. Multiply that times 12. That's 48 days. That's a month and a half that you're doing nothing with your life and you're asking yourself, why aren't you moving forward? Because you're wasting so much time. And then finance, declare what you want to make money today and make it happen. Those 10 different tasks and those five pillars will change your life. 100%. No, I agree with all, all those completely. Um, as you said, the, the time, you think about how much, what else you could be doing. I said, so I actually had a client of mine and I jumped on the call with him and I said, bring me up your screen time. It was at seven hours. Mm-hmm. I, I said, so how did you struggle to get to the gym this week? <laughs> if, if you reduce that down to four hours, say, which is still a lot of time that you think you're going to be spending on your phone, then that's yeah. three hours saved. What can you do in three hours? I can, I, can, I can get up, I can go to the gym, I can come home, I can cook food, I can go out on a walk, I can do all that in that time instead of what else, what else were you doing? Scrolling on Instagram, scrolling on TikTok, you know, spending time doing things that aren't serving you. And don't be wrong, there's a place for it. Yeah. You know, spend in, you know, scheduling your downtime. You can have a scroll through Instagram, you can do what you want. But it's understanding that you can't let it overtake your life because you're going to end up coming to 80 years old, feeling the high level of regret that you didn't do something sooner and that you didn't change your life. I think that was a really good point to end on. I think one thing we will say is um, express some gratitude at the end of this podcast. Have a little think to yourself. What are you grateful for? It doesn't have to be anything major. It could be that you've got a roof over your head. It could be that you've got eyesight. It can be that you've... You know, you've got something to listen to a podcast on. There's many people out there that don't have that. There's many people out there that wish they could be living your life right now. Understand that. Understand how great, how sorry, how um, much of a good, how much of a good situation you are in, and yeah. use that to your advantage, and then just go and smash life.